Well, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, book of Ecclesiastes. If we can get some lights on in the house, uh, lights on in the house, please appreciate it. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 is where we're going to be uh, today as we're continuing our series uh, entitled Chasing the Wind. Uh, chasing the wind, right? Uh, looking at uh, uh, really Solomon's life. Uh, man, wisest man to ever live. God's hand was on him. A man got led astray and he lived a life of vanity, chasing uh, the wind, man, chasing stuff that um, didn't please him at the end, man, for these pursuits that he had that were just fleeting uh, in his mind. And he came to the realization that, man, what matters most is, man, loving God, obeying him, fearing him, man, and making the most of uh, the time that he had here on earth. And so we've been walking through last week. We talked about uh, the reality of time. Right. And the call for us uh, to make the most of the time that we have and how God is uh, Lord over our uh, time. Right. Uh, Good and uh, bad. Uh, And this morning, I want to talk on uh, the subject of uh, wisdom, Uh, wisdom. We see Solomon talk about it here in Ecclesiastes chapter seven. Right. Uh, And he uh, in this chapter speaks to the value of it. Uh, We'll see here in a second that the chapter is really read as uh, as if it's a proverb. Which Solomon himself wrote many of the Proverbs, right? Uh, wise sayings, the stuff that he's learned. Uh, and, uh, and we see Ecclesiastes 7 uh, written uh, similar to uh, that, right? And really the call for us to live uh, wisely. Whenever I think of wisdom, I think of the story that I read uh, about uh, the day of August 6th, 1945. Uh, August 6th, 1945, in the big city in Japan known as Hiroshima, probably heard of it before, right? But uh, that morning, uh, folks there in Hiroshima were uh, on edge because uh, they were one of the few cities that had yet to be attacked, uh, right, uh, in the midst of World War II. So they were on edge, man. They were preparing themselves for an attack that was going to come. Uh, And that morning, right, they saw uh, on the radar, a couple of U.S. planes, but there were only just three of them, man, just fluttering around that general area. And so for a brief moment, they decided to let their guard down. Like, oh, man, oh, there's just three U.S. planes, man. We're good, man. They're not going to take care of us. And then those of you who know history, you know the rest of the story. In those three planes uh, were two atomic bombs that were dropped and uh, decimated, right, that whole uh, city. Uh, and in turn, really, you know, ending uh, the world war. The people of Hiroshima were foolish in saying, hey, man, we're going to let our guard down because, man, it's just only a couple of planes, man. Only a couple of planes that are there. And it obviously came to be their demise. In a spiritual sense, listen, church, God calls for us to be folks that walk in wisdom. In these days, because of the fact that we have a real enemy it's looking to steal, kill and destroy. That's looking to deceive us, looking to get us to a place that Solomon was right. Just simply chasing, man, the trivial stuff of this life that at the end is just going to leave us empty, worthless. And so the call for us as his people is to walk in wisdom. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. He says, hey, be careful how you live. In these days, not as unwise folks, but as wise, making the most of the time, redeeming the time. And that's the call for us to be people that walk in wisdom. 
And we're going to see here in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 on what it looks like. We're going to read verses 1 through 14. Uh, If you're there in Ecclesiastes 7, let me know that you're there by saying there. And if you don't have a Bible with you, it's all good. The verses will be on the screen. You can follow along there. Uh, But we see the heading in my Bible that I have is the contrast of wisdom and folly. Right. uh, Speaks to this call to walk in wisdom. This is what Solomon Teacher says, start in verse one, says this, a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting for this is the end of all mankind and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter for by sadness of face, the heart is glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of fools. This also is vanity. Surely oppression oppression drives the wise into madness and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not, where were the former, or why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom, is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Verse 13, consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider, ponder, contemplate. God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. I've entitled the message simply this, right? Wisdom versus foolishness. Wisdom versus foolishness. Man, in the Christian life, man, we can walk like some fools from time to time. Man, I, I, I could, I lay in that about myself. And but God, man, calls for us in these days to walk in wisdom and Solomon highlights what that looks like here why don't you pray with me Lord God we love you we thank you for this day Lord we thank you for who you are God I I just pray over these next few moments that you'd speak to us Lord God help us to see what wisdom is Lord and its value God and help us to walk in it in these days Lord. God I pray that we as your people would be folks that Make the most of the time, Lord. Not chasing trivial things that will just leave us empty. Lord, but pursuing you, Lord. And walking in you. Continue to have your way this morning. Speak to us. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Before we get in here we've got to understand what exactly wisdom is right some people see wisdom as simply knowledge uh you know an acquiring of knowledge man and and that's not the case uh man i know a lot of people that are knowledgeable man but man they walk as though they're fools man. solomon had a lot of knowledge himself but man he walked in a season uh, you know of, of being a fool more than 
just knowledge, right? It is, man, putting the knowledge that you have to understanding. Walking in understanding. In light of who God is, man, and what he's done. I, I'll put it to you this way. This may be a little cheesy, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyway. I need it, you know, on this lower level shelf myself here, right? Hey, wisdom, true wisdom, as you walk through life, is asking, hey, what would Jesus do? Right? Understanding the reality of what he's already done for us. It's asking the question, what would Jesus do because of what he has already done for us on the cross? That's what wisdom is. As we walk through life, man, they asking that question. Man, seeing what we have in light of the scripture, man, and walking in obedience to him, that's what wisdom is. And we're called to be people that walk in wisdom today. And so Solomon highlights here real quick. He highlights five characteristics of a person who walks in wisdom. And we'll walk through them real quick. You may say, Pastor, man, five points. You usually do three at the most. Hey, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Five, five points, five characteristics, right, we see here in Solomon's word of a person who walks in wisdom. The first characteristic is this. Be on the screen. Those who walk in wisdom consider their inner character more important than their outward appearance. Hey, those who walk in wisdom consider their inner character more important than their outward appearance. He says here, and starting in verse 1, he says, man, hey, a good name, right, is better than precious ointment or perfume. Right, in order to understand what he's saying there, right, we've got to understand the value of the name in Hebrew culture. We can bring it even to today, right? Those of you in here, man, who who have kids or, you know, you you know the origin of the name, you know that they're... 95%, you know, of the time is a reason behind why you were named what your name. Hey, your parents might have given you your name or you gave your name, you get that name to your kid, right? Maybe because it was a Bible name that you loved, right? And there was value there. You might have gave them that name, uh, you know, speaking to late millennials and Gen Z, you might have gave them their name because it was, you know, off of a famous, you know, TV show or, you know, a famous uh, character from a movie or something. Might have gave them that name for that reason. Or you might have been like my parents that gave me my name, right, uh, because they loved the Dallas Cowboys, and I was named after one of the famous Dallas Cowboys. But either way, right, there is a reason or a purpose behind the name that you're given. And in Hebrew culture, it was the same way, but, but you know, even, even ratcheted up a little bit, right? Uh, the name that was given to them, hey, it represented, right, uh, really spoke to their character. Character. It was a big deal. The names that were given there And what Solomon is saying is this, man, hey, it is better to have a great name than even the most precious of perfumes. perfumes. Hey, it's better to have, here it is, it's better to have, hey, right character than, right, to one's outward perception of who you are. And so the question is, what does that look like in your life? We see this precedent all throughout the scripture, don't we? First Samuel chapter 16, remember, hey, uh, uh, Saul was reigning as king at the time, but man, he was struggling, messing up, right? The Lord said, all right, it's time to uh, anoint the next king. Nathan, I want you to go and find the next king, right? The son of Jesse's house. Je- you know, they had 12 sons that were there, right? And he had to pick and choose, you know, pick, pick the one that was supposed to be the right king. And so he asked all the older sons that had to look, they had the outward appearance, and you know what God said? Hey, hey, listen, it's none of those older brothers, man. It's that little shepherd dude. Because, hey, I don't look just at man's outward appearance, man. Hey, I look at the heart. Look at the heart. God cares about, man, the outward 
appearance. Or, the, you know, he cares about the inward character of an individual more than the outward appearance. Your character and who you are is more important, man, than your outward fragrance or how you appear to the outside world. Can't you be honest with you, man? There's a lot of people, man, hey, that smell great the outside, man. But, hey, inside, man, they're a mess. Let me, let me bring to, to our vantage point today. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter. Man, how great of, of, of perception you have right at your workplace or, you know, to the outside world, man, if your inner life, if the home, man, where you live, man, is a mess. God, hey, God cares about, man, the, the, the relationship you have, man, in your house. People that you're around, man, more so than how you're viewed outwardly. And so we've got to understand the key to walking in wisdom is understanding that our character is so important. It's important. Proverbs 28, 6 puts it this way. Better is a poor man who walks in in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Philippians 4, 8 says it this way. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, there's anything worthy of praise. Think about these things. Man, our character is so important, man. You're in a character. What does that look like in your life? A good name is more precious than fragrant. A wise person understands that. And they look, man, to live a life of integrity. Look to honor the Lord, man. Not just perceived to honor him on social media or out in the crowd, but man, in every element of their life. When they're alone, man, they honor him. Within their family, they honor him. So we've got to understand that reality. That's statement number one. And those who walk in wisdom and understand, man, their inner character is more important than their outward appearance. Secondly, move through these quickly here. Second characteristic of a wise person, one who walks in wisdom is this. Those who walk in wisdom are broken over the condition of the world and others. Man, the second part of verse one through Verse four, speak to that reality. It seems pretty interesting, man. Solomon's saying stuff like this. Hey, man, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. Sorrow is better than laughter. That sounds a little oxymoronic. You read in the word and says, man, hey, we're, we're supposed to be folks that are joyful. You're talking about being in the house of mourning? Man, that's tough. I'll go ahead and throw this in free of charge, right? You know, just a little laughter. I know some of you, because your sports team may have lost yesterday, right? You're in the house of mourning. I know we got some UT fans. I talked to some already. You know, Brother Adam praying for you, brother. Hey, Pastor Greg, he's not in here, but let's lift him up. His team lost again yesterday. He doesn't know what to do himself. I want to pray for him. But you, you may be in the house of mourning because of that. But that's not necessarily what Solomon's talking about here. Here's what he's saying. Hey, those who are wise, who walk in wisdom, man, understand the value of mourning and sorrow, right? Because... It illuminates in their mind and heart, man, the reality of death and the fact that there's more to life than just this life. Man, those that are simply happy and chipper all the time that, you know, live life here, man, they're a lot of times just focused on this life. Just focus on this life. But but mourning, sorrow, pain in our life, man, it's opens the door, opens our heart, man, to be able to understand, hey, that there's more to life than this. And it, hey, it brings to light the reality of, man, our personal mortality and what we ought to do about that. 
but also, man, awakens a desire, man, to step into the lives of others because of their mortality and the fact that they may not know the Lord. And so we've got to understand, man, that those who walk in wisdom, they're broken over the condition, man, of this world, right? Because of what sin brought in, right? Death that takes place. The brokenness of those that are around us and the hurt that's there. Got to understand, man, that those who walk in wisdom are broken over those things. That word sorrow in verse three can also in the Hebrew speak to uh, anger, right? Or brokenness, if you will. Man, the world in its condition, man, it ought to break us, break our heart and move us to do something different. I remember all throughout, man, you know, high school, college. You know, even some in seminary, you know, and even some now. I mean, talking with my friends now, just, you know, the folks that I knew, man, that were, we went to youth group together. Folks, I mean, one guy in particular, man, we got saved the same night uh, in high school, right? And hearing their story, seeing them and, and what they're doing now, right? And how they're choosing to live their own life, right? And, and spin the face of God, man, hey, that, that breaks me and my friend group. Man, it, it breaks our heart that, man, they're running to this broken cistern, man, that we know isn't going to satisfy them. And, and, and they're just wasting their life. And in the same way, hey, listen, the, the, condi- the condition of the people around us and the condition of this broken world ought to break our hearts, too, and move us to have a shift in understanding. Psalm 90, verse 12, right, the psalmist says, this. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And the pain that we go through ought to remind us that there is more to this life. It ought to move us to Jesus. Man, the brokenness that we see around us, man, we ought to grieve over that, mourn over that. And it ought to move us to choose to respond, man, by seeking him. Seeking him. And those who are wise, man, are broken over, man, the condition of this world. Man, that's what going to the house of mourning is all about. And by the way, I almost forgot to say this, but I'll go ahead and throw this in free of charge, Brother Cliff. Man, it's not just speaking to the brokenness of our world, it's speaking to our own brokenness as well. I heard a famous theologian say it this way. Hey, there ought to be a little, there always ought to be a little mourning in the morning whenever it comes to our walk with the Lord. There ought to be brokenness over, man, our sin, man, and us coming and confessing that to the Lord, repenting before him every single day. Because we know that we're a broken people. And that's the value of pain and brokenness and affliction in our life. It ought to move us closer to him. Third truth that we see, third statement, moving right along. Looks like I'm making good time, man. Hopefully y'all aren't timing me. Because I may slow down if I figure that out. Third truth that we see here, right? The statement pertaining to man, walking in wisdom is this. Hey, those who walk in wisdom seek out the wise. Those who walk in wisdom seek out the wise. Verses 5 through 7, look at what he says. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the sound of fools, the song of fools. Man, for that song is like a crackling of thorns under a pot. So is also the laughter of fools. This is this also is vanity, man. Those who are wise seek out the wise and look to listen to what they have to say, even if it's not what we want to hear. 
I had a mentor like that. He went to be with the Lord back in 2015, a mentor of mine in ministry uh, named Chip Dickey, and he was this guy, man, super wise, had a lot of life experience. You know those dudes, man, he had, you know, had the beard to show it, kind of like Brother Cliff's beard there. You could tell Brother Cliff's a wise man with that beard right there. Uh, but, man, he was, he was a wise dude, wise dude. But, hey, he would tell me stuff a lot of times that I didn't want to hear. Because, you know, I, hey, Brother Ben, I was some hot shot, you know, young preacher, man. I thought I knew my stuff. I, hey, I knew the word, man. Hey, wasn't nobody going to tell me nothing. Nothing. Except for him. <laughs> he, he got me right most of the time. Like, hey, hey, Irv, man, hey, you, hey, you, you know this gospel call isn't about you, right? You, you know it's about the Lord. Hey, hey, Irv, hey, you know ministry is all about serving, don't you? It's not just about you preaching, saying stuff like that. Saying other stuff like, hey, Irv, you're acting like an idiot right now. Calm down. In as many words, you know. But listen, the wisdom that he gave, even though I didn't want to hear it, man, it's what I needed to hear. And walking in wisdom, right, is choosing to surround ourselves with people, man, that are wise, that are going to speak truth to us, even the truth that we don't want to hear in our life. Hey, walking in wisdom is surrounding ourselves, right, with either peers or folks that are further along in their Christian journey than we are, that are willing to step into our life, right, and and not just simply affirm every single little thing we do, right, although you need a little encouragement, but hey, at the end of the day, people in our life that are going to point us to Jesus, following him, that's what we need, what we need. Because what happens is if we don't have that, we're never going to grow. And we're going to be that person, hey, singing the song of fools. You know what that song is, by the way? Hey, th- thinking that everything in your life's all right. Hey, and, and getting, t- getting to a point, it happens. I've been there before. Where you think, hey, because everything's all right, I, I don't really need God. I, I don't really need him. You may not say that publicly to somebody else, but, but the way that you live, man, hey, you can get to a point where you, they don't really need God here. I know enough Bible. Song of fools. Hey, we were to walk in wisdom, man. We ought to seek out those who are wise. You've got to understand this reality, right? Uh, the wise, number one, they listen to correction. As I mentioned earlier, man, we we got to listen to folks in our life that are going to speak the truth and love, man, even if they are to correct us. Hey, the wise are not obstinate or hard-headed. May say, hey, man, that's just my personality. Hey, well, you've been reborn. Hey, you, you, could, you could choose to listen. Man, we, we ought to choose to listen to correction. Be slow to speak, slow to get angry, quick to listen is what James says. And we see the responses couple of different ways those that don't listen and those that do in the word we see person that chose to listen to fools and not listen to wise a dude named Rehoboam if you take a look at the word you'll see him Rehoboam he chose to listen to the the foolish counsel of his friends instead of the wise counsel of those that were there about what to do how to treat the people of Israel and you know what happened hey the consequences were so severe the kingdom of Israel got divided up And there was a history of pagan kings that lived for a long time. Hey, because he chose to listen to fools. And then we see the adverse. Hey, that guy Nathan I was telling you about. That guy David. 
Remember when David messed up, got in a mess? Man, Nathan confronted him in love and shared with him. Hey, dude, this, this story I'm telling you about that you're so mad about, that's actually you. That's what you did. And David, man, was repentant, wrote a whole psalm about it, Psalm 51. And we see, man, his life being restored. So we got to choose to listen to the wise, man. The wise listen to correction. And then the wise, man, hey, they leave corruption alone. Leave corruption alone. That's what end of verse 6 and verse 7 talks about here. And the song of fools, man, it speaks to this imagery of par- uh, partying in the original context. Uh, you know, it's derived from the book of Amos chapter 6. Man, the people of Israel were so uh, seeped and stenched in their sin, man, they're partying, having a good old time as if everything's all right. While the house of Israel and the people of Israel, man, are, are in a mess. Like I said, you can get to a point where you really don't think you need the Lord, man. So we've got to choose to leave corruption alone in our life, man, and listen to wise counsel. Who are those people in your life that are speaking truth that you're listening to? Choose to listen to wise counsel. Fourthly, fourth statement pertaining to wisdom here is this. Hey, those who walk in wisdom understand that finishing strong is more important than starting well. Finishing strong is more important than starting well. That's what he says in verse 8. Look what he says. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Man, finishing strong. Hey, there, there is great, by the way, great value in doing both. Right? We want to start strong. Uh, but, man, there's greater value in finishing strong. Man, there's so many people. Man, hey, that, that start out great. We see it all the time. They get saved. They're walking with God. Things are good for about six months. And then life hits and, and they're nowhere to be seen. No, nowhere. Maybe that's happened in, in your life. I know there's been seasons in my life where it's like that. Working through that right now. The wise understand, man, that it is more important to finish strong. Finish it strong. Than it is, man, starting well. And what that looks like is... This, in order to finish well, we've got to choose patience over pride. Solomon speaks to that here. Patience over pride. Listen, in order to finish well, you've got to choose to humble yourself. Humble yourself and walk in patience in the season that you're in. Man, being slow to anger, man, being slow to being proud of your life. Man, you've got to choose to walk in patience. This Christian life, we, it, it, we don't microwave it. it hey, we don't just become a wise sage in the Christian life overnight. It's patience. It is, here it is, remember that old hymn? Just a closer walk with thee every single day. One step at a time. It's patience over pride and thinking that, man, hey, I can try and manufacture. And this growth in the Lord. No, no, it's, it's, it's one step at a time, man, being patient. And then at the end of the race, you'll look back and see, man, hey, God. Took care of that. Patience over pride. Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly, foolishness. And then Proverbs 16, 18. You know, pride goes before destruction and a high spirit before a fall. We've got to choose patience over pride if we want to finish strong. And then secondly, in order to finish strong, we've got to choose right perspective over pessimism. Hey, he goes down here and he says, man, 
Say not, why were the former days better than these? Have you heard that before? Maybe you've said it before. Man, oh, I've missed the good old days. Good old days. And I'm sure, man, they were great days. But as I've said before, hey, for the Christian, our best days are always in front of us. And the wise understand that. Yes, hey, we look back and reflect on God's faithfulness and how great things were back then. But we're not called to glamorize those days as if the days that you're in now are absolutely terrible. It's a gift, man, that you're able to breathe and have today to deal with anyway. And so choose, hey, listen, to have the right perspective on life in him. The wise person, man, has the right perspective. Right perspective. And understand that every day is a gift from the Lord. And the wise individual, and understanding that, rejoices in the season that they're in. And recognizes that reality. What does that look like in our life? Man, it's so easy for us to just be pessimistic about the time that we're in now. Oh, man, my job is tough. Well, hey, bless God, in this economy, you've got a job. Amen. Man, hey, man, the kids, man, are acting fool. Man, hey, they're in their terrible twos or in there in this season. Hey, it's a blessing that God has blessed you with those kids. Hey, children are a gift from the Lord. Psalm 127.3 says. Man, oh, you know, life in the house is wild. Man, it's a blessing that God has gifted you with that person that you got. Man, the stuff that we have, man, it's a gift from God. This day is a gift from him. So we ought to have the right perspective. And rejoice in every season of life. Right perspective over pessimism. Those who walk in wisdom understand that finishing strong is better than starting well. And then fifthly and lastly, and I'm done. Those who walk in wisdom rest in the will of God. The end of the day. Those who walk in wisdom rest in the will of God. Solomon in verse 11 through 13 speaks to the value of wisdom itself, right? Uh, and uh, what it entails. The Proverbs talk about that all the time as well, right? Man, wisdom is way better than even the greatest of riches. We can walk in that. And then verse 14, he ends this section here by saying, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other, so that man might not may not find out anything. That will be after him. Those who walk in wisdom rest in the will of God. Like we talked about some last week. And it's all in reality. Listen, we understand, man, that God is in control, man. His will is good and perfect. And so we rest in that. Say, Pastor, what does it look like to rest in that, man? That's, that's a buzz phrase. Well, I'm glad you asked. It looks like this. Hey, rejoicing in the good times. Talks about that here. Talks about that here. And days of prosperity be joyful. Man, rejoice in the good times. Can I be honest with some of you? The reason why you hadn't been able to rejoice or praise God in a while is because your focus is on the stuff that you don't have rather than what God has blessed you with, that being himself. The reality is, man, you may be in a great time, but it's been hard for you to rejoice because you're focusing on the time prior or, or focusing on what's ahead. Man, rejoice. And the good times. Rejoice in the good times. Exodus 15, 1 and 2. Right when the Lord led the people of Israel crossing that Red Sea. Led them out of captivity in Egypt. This is what Moses says here in verse 1 and 2. 
It says, then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Hey, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Hey, this is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Listen, it's okay to praise God for the good times in your life. It is. Matter of fact, man, it's a call. And rejoice in the good times. Because rejoicing, man, enables you to appreciate the times that you're in in that moment. And then secondly and lastly, right, resting in the will of God looks like this, reflecting in the tough times. That word adversity speaks too, man. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Evil, misfortune, struggle, trouble. In times like these, hey, don't, don't try and simply choose to run away or try to numb the pain or the sorrow that you may feel or try and hide from it. Hey, no, no, consider, contemplate, think through these things and choose to ultimately take them to the Lord. Hey, God, God is... Big enough to handle the complaint that you may have against him. And because of the stuff he's brought in your life. man, He's big enough, right, to handle the struggle that you have in your life, man. So take it to him. Don't try and hide from the stuff that you've got going on in your life. Man, take it to him. The reflection process, man, consists of going to him who enables us to remember that this is just a season. You, you're not going to be in this forever. Just a season. And continue to move forward in him. Allows for you to be able to hang on in him. Psalm 13, verse 1 and 6. 1 through 6. Right? The psalmist David going through a tough time. He pens this psalm saying, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Man, he's just being real and honest. God, where are you? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Man, he, his own son chased him out of the kingdom looking to kill him. Own son was an enemy of his. It says, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes lest I sleep in the sleep of death. Lest my enemy says I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But then verse five, that's where that wisdom kicks in. It's like in this moment, man, hey, God got a hold of him. It says, but hey, I have trusted in your steadfast love, everlasting love, man. That love didn't run out, even though he was in a mess. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because, hey, even with the stuff that was going on currently, he has dealt bountifully with me. Wow. Wow. That's the call for us. Hey, reflect, man, in the tough times. Reflection enables us, man, to understand that it's just a season, man. Just a season. Those of you with young ones, man, thinking that you aren't getting any kind of sleep, man, hey, it's just a season. Enjoy the season that you have with them, man, because one day they'll grow up. Man, those of you that, that are walking through a, a grieving process because you've lost a loved one or a family member, hey, understand, man. I, it's tough, man. They take it to the Lord. He's able to help you. Days are going to be tough, man. There's going to be times when it, when it springs up again. But listen, hey, God will get you through. And choose to reflect in the tough times. May we choose to be people, man, that 
walk in wisdom in these days. Not just be people that, man, just simply come and attend church and go home and live to live life uh, and on our own. Be people that are wise in our own eyes. But rather, may we consider, man, what would Jesus do because of what he's already done?